Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 121, I think. Uh, this is Paul Spain. I'm Paul Brislin. I'm Bill Bennett. Welcome along, guys. Hi there, Paul. Always good to have you here, uh, Bill. Yep, yep. Gets me out of the house. Now, I've been told we're, we're in the middle of doing, uh, we're in the middle of survey, as they call it in Radio Land. Our survey is actually quite different. Um, but uh, thanks everyone who has clicked through and filled out our, uh, our survey. Um, one of the bits of feedback that we had was it's appreciated if we remind everyone where our guests come from and mm. fit into the picture. Uh, because sometimes people have just started listening or don't listen every time. I can't believe that. So, Paul, you <laughs> represent uh, Two Ants. Tell us a little That's bit about us. Uh, yeah. Two Ants, Telecommunications. Uh, we, are, we are indeed the Telecommunication Users Association. Uh, we are um, a lobby group, uh, an advocacy group on behalf of the members to try and get better telecommunication services, more competition, anytime there's any body who wants to uh, try and regulate the sector or deregulate or have a conversation about telecommunications, uh, we get involved and try and wave the flag for the customers. That's good. And you're quite a tickhead yourself too. Uh, I, I'm uh, a user more than a creator of, um, uh, of tech. Uh, I can't code at all, but I do like playing with the toys. Mm, mm. Absolutely. I'm a freelance journalist. I write for anyone who pays money, basically. <laughs> <It> sounds, <laughs> um, we used to call them mercenaries. Um, the the run for hire. Yeah. Yes. At the moment, I've got regular gigs with um, New Zealand business and a few Australian um, sites and properties. And I think I'm starting to work with, for a management magazine, too. Mm. Um, you'll see my name in things like the Herald and other places around the show. Um, but, you know, I'm on the scene. Yeah, that's oh, good. Well, always a privilege to have both of you here. So, uh, thank you for uh, for bringing your opinions to the discussion today. Uh, now, first up, Facebook Home was announced last week. Now, of course, for well, for years actually, there's been these rumours of a mm. Facebook phone is coming. Yeah, and uh, this was, I guess, uh, this is the this is the Facebook uh, this is the Facebook mm. phone. Uh, yep. But Facebook aren't actually selling a phone, are they? They've got... Uh, no, not quite. They really... Uh, well, it's a bit more than a standard app, but, uh, you know, basically a skin that goes... Mm. Uh, that, that sort of sits on uh, on on Android um, instead of just running the uh, the traditional Facebook app. What's uh, what's your pick on this one, Bill? It's, well, it's like another overlay. It's, um, it's another thing that sits between the user and Android. And my my initial thoughts on that is that... Um, Android is getting pushed further and further out of sight. Um, I, I, I was just saying only today online that um, no one ever aspires to own an Android phone. You've uh, said this on the podcast before, Bill, and we've come <laughs> under huge flack for our opinion. Yeah. But I will state this is your opinion. Now, away, opinion. away you go, Bill. Yeah, but people, but people <laughs> is from the North Shore. <laughs> but, but people do want a Samsung phone. They do want an HTC. They do want a Facebook phone, and, and this will give it to them. Um, the other thing, the thing that worries me about it is is that a lot of what Android does is collecting data on where you are, you know, which shops you're walking mm. past, um, what you're doing and so on. And it looks like Facebook is trying to do exactly the same thing. So there's a lot of data collection going on in these things, um, which, of course, is not talked about during the flashy launches and so on. <laughs> um, and it's really the business model that I think Google and Facebook are you know, following is – basically to build up all that big data that we hear about 
Well, you're it. Well, that's what <laughs> makes them right. valuable businesses, right? I mean, we yeah. look at Facebook. They've got in the in the direction of a, a billion uh, active mm. users now, yeah. but those users aren't paying real money to use no. to use it. It's it's you know ninety nine point nine percent free. Uh, so uh, you know, of course, they're 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 in it to uh, to pocket what they can. And if we look at their uh, their current share market valuation, which is I think. Uh, what, oh, it, a trillion dollars worth of three gold it's, planets. The yeah. size it's, of it's yeah. sitting, but somewhere between fifty and a hundred yeah. uh, billion, uh, and, and I forget the the what the and what the change. exact numbers are. But um, yeah. you know, um, when you work that out based on you know, let, yeah. let's say uh, the billion users, that's uh, that's fifty US dollars plus per head. Yeah, there's a bit of room for growth, but uh, well, that's, to, to be worth that much, they've got to have some really valuable data, mm. right? Well, and the funny thing about that number is, is that's roughly what the um, dot-com companies were going for, for the yeah, dot-com yeah. bust back in the um, the last years of the last millennium. That's right. Um, the other thing that, that Facebook's done, or sp- started speaking about, is the $11 to send a message to Dan Carter. Uh, yeah. Thing. <laughs> Good luck with that, yeah. I, I say. Yeah. Now, how does yeah. Dan feel about that? Well, does yeah. he get the $11? That's the I bet he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No sign of that. No, I, I, um, uh, any, any, as they say, any product where uh, you're not paying for it, you're actually the product, you're not the customer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, with Facebook, with their track record on privacy and the abuses thereof, uh, I simply wouldn't trust them enough to give them access to my phone at that kind of level. Uh, and I also think... The, the Facebook um, uh, home app itself looks terribly um, familiar to anybody who's used a Windows phone. Yeah. Basically, you've got one giant live tile that, um, uh, you know, it's supposed to connect people, not apps. Uh, well, I don't necessarily want every person on my address book having access to my home screen if I'm trying to do something else. I can imagine that getting really quite tedious quite quickly. I, I guess that the three of us... Um 90% of the people listening to this are just not the demographic that Facebook's going for. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. You know, it will be the, um, the, the people who live in Facebook, isn't it? The ones who just need to know every second of the day what their Facebook page and, is and doing. And people yeah. that aren't necessarily using the other social networks that yeah, exist, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there, there's, a, there's a segment of the... Uh, you know, of Facebook's users, which is pretty large. Mm. You know, the the middle chunk or whatever you want to you know pick, uh, which also will be Android users that are going to be pretty pleased about this. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. And it, it's you know, Facebook is a walled garden. It uh, it's the internet for people who don't want to go on the internet. It's the so AOL of our times. It, it really is, yeah. isn't it? It's it's this um, nice, safe, supposedly safe place where you can't get into too much trouble. Unless what you're a better bully. to do uh, an extended out to your phone? But for bullies, it's a fabulous playground. Oh, it is. It is. And stalkers. <laughs> yeah. Bullies and stalkers. Um, now, here's a question for you both. Would you, uh, you may not want a Facebook phone, would you sign up for a Twitter phone? Similar kind of app that put your Twitter feed right on the homepage in your face all the time? I'd never get any work done. <laughs> no, I, th- I think, you, I mean, you need to be able to balance these, the, do, these things you? out, turn yeah, different yeah. bits and pieces on and off. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, my phone is mm. able to alert me to Twitter if I leave leave that on. Uh, same with, you know, Facebook and, you know, other types of communications. Yeah, but yeah. having handing my phone over to one or another sort of online That's property right. – uh, isn't isn't probably how I would operate. And I, I, th- I also think yeah. being able to get out of Twitter is is vital. Yeah. <laughs> you, you Step can away get stuck from the because it moves just so quickly. Yeah, it right? does. It I mean, does. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've actually learned the discipline. I mean, I, I got into this routine now where it's, I've got to do do a bit of writing. 
I will actually switch all that stuff off. You know, you can get an app for that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can actually get an app that will give you access to the internet so you can research something, but will switch off social media or whatever you uh, identify. Yeah, my kids Uh, use that when they were were revising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, quite vital. And if you're a writer and you just need some quiet time, but you still need access to the internet. Yeah, I I put the phone in the other room. I turn it off. I do do all that stuff. And... um, Mm. Just so that I can focus, because if you don't, I think you're never going to get any work done. No, no. All right, so we've got uh, Facebook Home. It's initially launching uh, 12th of April US, so I guess we'll get that on the on the 13th. So it's it's just about here, uh, and initially it's going to be available on uh, the the higher end uh, Android uh, handsets. We saw, uh, yeah, Galaxy S3, uh, of course, the Galaxy S4 when that hits, uh, HTC's. Um, for one, but there's also one that will be on, and the existing One X and One X Plus. But there's a cheaper HTC that's going to be on as well. Um, I think it's, I think it's a phone that's about half the price of those other models. That they, yeah, I'm not sure about it, New Zealand availability yeah. on uh, on, on HTC's yeah. new sort of phone that comes comes with that out of the out of the gates. I know in the US they've done I think an exclusive with AT and T on that. So we'll we'll keep a watch on that one. Uh, but yeah, any of the uh, the higher end Android phones uh, seem to be uh, seem to be able to do it. And I think probably the um, with Sony Xperia. Z was that listed as one of the phones? No, it wasn't I'm not sure it was actually, but no. they they did uh, say that Sony were one of their uh, partners. I believe. Mm, so, they, uh, yeah, Sony was. They seem, they seem to have got most of the um, most of the Android, um, you know, handset manufacturers mm. on board well, in, it's, it's uh, in one way or another. It's, it's interesting that they have to have um, phone specific versions. Well, isn't it though? So has Android forked to the point where it is now? A variety of operating systems, and we have to treat it as such, or are we still able to call it Android as one operating system? Yeah, I think it's probably the way it interacts with the overlays that mm. are already there. That. Yeah, yeah. They're talking about tablets to come, still to come. Uh, and I see off the video they have a, a slate of rollouts, uh, something to deploy every month for the next umpteen months, uh, which does give me the impression that we're, somehow we're involved in some giant beta testing program. But, uh, you know, maybe it's also it's a feature, not a bug, that they're launching things one month at a time. Well, it seems to be the new way of doing software, isn't it? We don't mm. wait, you know, two, three, four, five years for something new. We just keep getting new bits and pieces yep, dropped on us, and whether we want it works, to or not, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's uh, a work in progress. It's, yeah, that's the way of it. Um, now, moving moving along, um, Paul, can you share with us a little bit of an update um, around Eric and uh, and and Kathy Hertz? Yes, yeah. So uh, you'll have heard in the news, of course, that the uh, the plane and and the bodies have been recovered. From from uh, off Raglan Coast. Um, uh, they're going to take a while to identify what the problem was with the plane and what actually happened. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got uh, a memorial service for them both uh, on Thursday. Uh, and um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a very sad chapter in the Two Degrees story. Uh, but Two Degrees itself has to keep marching on. And uh, they really do need to um, hard as it is, knuckle down and get on with the business of uh, disrupting the telco market in New Zealand. And I, you know, I, I wish them all the best with that. Mm. Well, it's a very competitive space right now, mm. and uh, yeah, I think all of the all of the players are sort of uh, uh, focused on what they can do to, uh, to to win market share or win back market that's, share. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's and the and there's be. a lot of um, internal navel gazing going on inside the industry at the moment. Oh. You've got uh, Vodafone <laughs> absorbing t- Telstra Clear. Uh, that's going to take a fair while to get organised. They still haven't got their org chart in place, uh, which will derail any efforts they've got outside the business for a while. 
you've also got telecom, of course, laying off um, somewhere between a thousand and, and twelve hundred staff uh, in in short order. Uh, now is really the perfect time for Two Degrees to come out with something completely out of left field uh, that that just drives uh, customer demand, and the the big guys won't have the ability to react in a timely fashion. Unfortunately, uh, you know they they are somewhat distracted at the moment with um, with the with the tragedy of the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, something that involves all of the carriers is our uh, the audience survey that we kicked off uh, last week, and there's already a few hundred of you that have filled that out. So thank you very much. It's a, a fantastic um, response, and it will certainly help us sort of uh, shape the podcast as we as we go forward. Um, but just a reminder, if you haven't filled that out, uh, then jump into nztechpodcast.com slash survey, and uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Very quick and easy to fill out. This um, It's mostly multi uh, multi-guess, as we used to uh, call it at school <laughs> with the tests, um, but um, um, yeah, very very quick and easy to uh, to fill out. And there is a section if you want to give some direct feedback in terms of comments. Uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of you have done that so far, which is which is fantastic. Uh, and the um, our our mobile carriers or telcos have all been uh, very generous. So thanks to um, Two Degrees for uh, for providing or allowing us to give away the uh, the review handset of the Google uh, Nexus Four that we've uh, we've been playing with here, which is um, a very nice little mm. Android handset with uh, uh, wireless charging. If you get your hands on a wireless charger. Um, and to Vodafone for the uh, HTC Windows Phone 8X, uh, which is a pretty uh, pretty slick little uh, little handset. Hopefully, uh, it won't have been uh, beaten up too much from uh, from me using it the last little while. <laughs> uh, and uh, also uh, Telecom, uh, we have to thank for a uh, Nokia Lumia 920. So some um, so some nice sort of giveaways there that we'll uh, we'll draw on the podcast uh, next week. Uh, just as a bit of a thank you for uh, for those of you that have uh, participated in the survey. Um, if you're not interested in any of those phones, for whatever reason, we still would appreciate your uh, uh, your feedback because it will uh, will help us just to uh, review what we're doing with the podcast. And if you want the podcast to stay the same, um, you need to tell us that too. Otherwise, we might uh, we might change it based on other people's feedback. So uh, yeah, appreciate that. Now. Um what have we got here uh, today? Panasonic actually had their, uh, they've been doing a little bit of a roadshow around New Zealand for media and, and for retailers, and they've been showing off a few of their new uh, new gadgets, of which there, there were quite a few. And a lot of the things that they're, that they're showing off were, uh, were on display at, at CES uh, in Vegas in January, but there were so many things there, I didn't get a chance to look around all of them. Um, and then there were some things that are quite unique to the New Zealand market. So uh, with the digital switchover happening, that move from uh, analog TV to uh, to digital TV or, or the you know freeview uh, type broadcasts, um, that's sort of encouraging quite a few people to move uh, and and get rid of their old um, devices. So that creates an opportunity for people to um, to buy some of these new Panasonic devices. Um, now, looking at the dates for that, actually um, looming up very quickly for, um, I think there's uh, probably the west coast of the South Island has already had that switch over, mm. so they're no longer getting analog TV, uh, and I think the Gisborne area as well is in um, yeah, similar these, similar these position, kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, but we've got, uh, I think, the rest of the South Island, uh, you know, Christchurch and Dunedin and, and, and uh, the rest of the South Island that um, will be losing that analogue uh, broadcast uh, 
uh, I think probably end of this month. It's, mm. uh, it's certainly it's looming, looming pretty along. soon. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so some of these new, um, new uh, Freeview boxes are, um, are possibly of interest. One that stood out to me um, was a digital video recorder which has um, a Blu-ray recorder in it, a terabyte hard disk, uh, Skype and the option of actually plugging in an external uh, hard drive as well so you can store a lot more and um, two uh, free view tuners. So I haven't seen pricing on all of these devices but we will try and get our hands on uh, on some of this uh, new uh, these new gadgets as they uh, as they come through and have a little bit of a, a play and uh, and review them. I think to date the uh, the TiVo has really been the most popular mm. uh, Freeview box sort of in the market and, and a lot of people rate it as the best one uh, even though those boxes have actually been notoriously unreliable yeah. but when they're working uh, they're, they're, they're pretty capable. And they're kind of out of the picture now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can yeah. get them. Uh, you yeah. can get them anymore. But I mean, I guess one of the one of the well selling points was the fact you could get them for uh, well, you get them for free for for, 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 for a time yeah, uh, yeah. if you gave Telecom a, a call and uh, re-sign your contract. And uh, bef- yeah. you know, before that, you could pick them up for about one hundred and ninety-nine uh, dollars. I know there's still a few of them floating around on trade me mm. and so on too. But um, yeah, good good to see some uh, some new gadgets uh, coming through in that space. They've also got Blu-ray players that have got. Skype and a web browser and um, um, their mirror-cast uh, sort of screen mirroring capabilities um, uh, built in, and even their little um, the little stereos that you know you 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 know you can buy um, the little mini mini system mm. uh, or microsystems as they call them. Now those are starting to get uh, Bluetooth, AirPlay. Uh, DLNA capabilities, so you can push the music from your phone or your laptop uh, or whatever gadget this, through this. without um, having to plug your phone in the yeah, top. Yeah, so without having to have a little dock and so yeah. on. So it's nice to see that sort of becoming uh, mm. um, standard and in, in all but the very uh, the very cheapest models. It's about time I spent some money on consumer. Oh, clearly, clearly, yeah. yeah well, always, you know, we, we, to we, we yeah. need to you know we need to get out and support the, the, this uh, these things. Otherwise, they'll they'll stop innovating, right? Well, that's that's um, yeah, that's the downside. But Blu-ray, yeah. you know. Is is that going to be the, um, the the next big thing, or have we all just gone online no, no. And, and it's just all HD and I store it on my hard drive? No, well, I read something about America. Apparently, it's up to about thirty percent of people who don't consume discs mm. or broadcast television. Yeah, yeah, they just it's just online stuff. It's that's that's right, and and that's my feeling is that you'll start to see a lot more of that, and it'll be HD, and then it'll uh, be yeah. 1080, and then it'll be 4K, and, and then wait till yeah, we've got it, UFB. It, it, it Do you seems need unlikely media? that that Blu-ray discs will ever reach the market penetration uh, that DVD discs, exactly. you know, did, yeah, yeah. you know, as far as I can see, because. You know, we're already you know able to mm. uh, you know jump straight past them if, if we're streaming uh, you know vid- videos online through iTunes or Xbox or Quick Flicks or you know whatever yeah. those services That's are, right. and yeah. you know they're, they're, they're getting better day it's by just day. What happened with music? I mean, I mean, mm. who buys CDs anymore? I mean, actually, yeah. I do because I'm sad, but. <laughs> I don't think Why my kids do you buy CDs? Yeah, yeah. I, we um, buy it all virtually these days. It's all yeah. you know, uh, and that becomes a problem when it's time to get in the car, of course. And yeah. most of the latest music is missing, and they have to listen to my music. Yeah, I, I, in fact, what I've been doing is I've been um, backing up my um, collection, stealing it. No, 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 stealing no, 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 theft, I, no, no. I've actually, theft. I've actually started um, buying from <laughs> iTunes the classic albums that I right. For the third time. So I've got yeah. albums on tape, LP, 
CD, and now I'm getting digital versions. If George Harrison you know? was still alive, I would have bought him a house by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all bought George a house, one way or another. Um, yes, yeah, so, but good, good to see these new gadgets coming through uh, from Panasonic. There was um, uh, yeah, a few other interesting uh, ones. One of them, uh, which I didn't get a chance to play with, and I think this one was at CES as well, was the um, bone conduction headphones. Oh, now, yes. this oh. is technology that's sort of been around in the past. Military grade, you know. Technology. We've, we've yeah. seen it going back a few years, but um, you know, they're 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 apparently going to be launching it in about six to eight months' uh, time. And they're going to have, you know, apparently have it ready for sort of prime time at that stage. And it'll actually, it plays the music through your jawbone rather awesome. than through your ears. Awesome. I love it. Um, so I'll have a pair of Google say, Glasses and I'll have my bone conduction Well, apparently Google Glasses are going to have the, bo- are going to leverage that yeah, yeah. type of technology right. to um, for you to hear the audio yep. so you don't have to have ear, ear, earplugs in I think in that's well. tremendous. I really struggle with earbuds and... and uh, yeah. Yeah, something that comes straight in through my brain is... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just plug a uh, USB socket into your head Into or the back of my yeah. head. Well, you know, I would probably be lining up for that kind of thing when, if and when we get to that uh, point. I'm not uh, sure I would, but I, I, like, um, I like to hear the bass, you know, vibrate yep. the room a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess... So if I can shake your jawbone yeah, around, then it, then it might uh, <laughs> might do a good job. Well, no, I, what I was thinking is I better visit the dentist to make sure my teeth Keep are Keep your fillings sorted <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, um, today, of course, was Telecom's uh, 4G LTE uh, announcement, and mm. it was well. It's been uh, nearly two months since uh, since Vodafone's yes. announcement. It was yeah. uh, February, wasn't it? That's right. Um, and that, these are that, these they, are real they, months, not internet months. So that, they, that they that it launched. Yeah. Um, now, Telecom's announcement was somewhat different because, unlike uh, Vodafone, they weren't saying, "Hey, we've got uh, 4G yeah. LTE, a super fast network here for you to use today." Just yet. Uh, but it is coming uh, October to mm. uh, to Auckland and uh, yeah. December to Wellington and Christchurch. It's positioning move, wasn't it? Really? It is. It is. Yeah, uh, and yeah. It, it's it's a bit like the move they did with the UFB announcement. It's like. I mean, although they have sold, apparently. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, 200 but, units of yeah. UFB in the first month. But it's... First but it's, week? Uh, it's, yeah, first yeah, well, five or six first days, days, and then I think yeah. they've uh, bumped that up by another 50 yeah. or, uh, or 100 in the, in the last day or two. But, mm. but it's actually a smart move, because it's saying, hey, guys, you know, don't have to move to Vodafone. Yeah, we'll be yeah. here in another If you want months. the speed, you can hold on, and yeah. here's the time frame, which is important. But, um, you know, and, and I'm delighted to see them launch, because... Uh, there are a few issues that with, with the Vodafone uh, 4G uh, service, not least of which is the $10 premium you have to pay to get the service. Yeah, well, you'd like um, to know what Telecom's doing there. Well, that's right. It'll be it'll be interesting to see just what we sort did. Of price we did put that to them out. today. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, they're unwilling to share anything yeah. around prices or around data plans. Because I caps. guess what we're what we're really wanting to see is increased data caps. I want five gigs. You, you need that as a minimum. Faster speeds. Um, so I've just been looking at my phone. I've been using the Vodafone uh, LTE network uh, for about a week, and I have used half my month's capacity uh, simply because you can do so much more with it. And, and we were having a play before. And you, you, know, and you do. And I do. You can, you can <laughs> fire up a video, and it launches and loads and plays, uh, and, and that's great. So then you've watched it in... In the 61 seconds it takes to load and play a 60-second video, mm. so you watch another one. Uh, and and I didn't used to do that because it would take about two or three minutes yeah. to load, and mm. then you know I might I might get to see it or I might actually have to go and do something. Uh, but I'm sitting here looking at my uh, my 
uh, I'm guessing that's a, a three gig plan. And yeah, I'm well over half. I've got 280, 268 megs of data left for the next um, 17 days, which is a little bit of a worry. You're really. going to be in some strife there, I'm going to have to just yeah. look for Wi-Fi well, I wherever the, I go. The thing is, we're now seeing with 4G LTE, we're seeing faster performance than we get on our home internet connections yeah. in most cases, unless you've got uh, you know, a, a top-end uh, yeah, USB yeah. you know, fibre right. internet plan. Well. Uh, then you know, you've got that speed in your hand, and, and usually your screen is of a lower definition than your computer screen. Yeah. So to play a video... Uh, it actually kicks off, you know, quicker really than, than you'll get on on your laptop or oh, your, it's your a PC. And yeah. it's, you know, yeah. it's fab- Even fabulous. on a tablet, it's a better experience. It really is. But here's the thing that gets me right: it's six years till I get UFB. Yep. And it's what six months? Not even six months till telecoms four um, G rolls mm. down my road. Right. It's Perhaps. a little bit quicker to roll out LTE. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Have well, to dig, well, up your, dig up your street. It is. It is. Yeah. But here's the thing: in six years' time, will I want? fiber but i still want it and will you want 30 meg down 10 meg up which is the entry level plan yeah Uh, you know the the question probably is is a valid one because you you probably won't yeah yeah but i think what we'll see at at that time is that uh you know the the thing with fiber is it's very you know it's 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 very practical for them to upgrade particularly with the technology that they've you know that that they've gone for uh so we could be getting gigabit or you know, or more, we could be getting ten well, gigabits. I'm, I'm to reliably the home told and, that and, because and of the latency from here to the states, mm. um, you'll get you could get gigabit or ten gig uh, within New Zealand, mm. but the international mm. leg will just kill that completely. And and you, you simply, for some technical reason, I haven't got to the bottom of. Even if the capacity was there, you still wouldn't. Yeah, be to, able to, to do with the latency, yeah. but I mean, we're seeing that uh, you know addressed in part by sort of local cation services, right, yeah. uh, by Invested by you know, yeah. Ch- ch- yeah. and changes in the network protocols that are designed to mm. cope with. Uh, you know the, those physical That's distances. Right. So yeah, I yeah. I think that'll be you know probably. You know, less of you know an issue longer yeah, term yeah, probably yeah. than it is uh, than it is than today. It is today. But, uh, yeah, hey, it is. It, it's, it's, it's an it's interesting one, isn't it? Because we, we are talking about um, uh, a fibre network which is uh, game changing. Meanwhile, the game is being changed before we've got it built. And so you know, how do we how how do we as investors because we're all investing in this thing? How do we cope with that? And how does the government react to that? Because they're already saying. Uh, the fibre deployment is so important to the country as a whole, we have to fiddle with the copper market I was to get drive to people. Because perhaps they're going to fiddle with the LTE market. Well, that's the next step. Yeah. If copper is a competitor to fibre and must be blocked uh, in terms of price or capability, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Government, but LTE is an even bigger competitor. What are you going to do there? Are you going to regulate so, telecom so, and Vodafone? So would your pick be, Paul, that we're, we're at risk that uh, because they haven't you know auctioned off all of the spectrum mm. yet that's required... Uh, to deliver 4G LTE out to certainly the the um, um, yeah, you know the, rural the, the broader regions, yeah. the, the rural regions and so on, where we need that 700 megahertz mm. uh, range, which is being used for TV broadcast at the moment. Do you think they'll wind up the price of that a little bit? Maybe well, to, uh, to, you know? Yeah, the Aussies put a uh, a very high um, minimum. Yeah. Spend on on their spectrum to the point where Vodafone Australia said, "Well, that's too that's ridiculous. We're not going to bid at all," and they pulled out of the auction. Mm. Uh, we've only got three networks over here. I'd like to see three equally sized um, uh, bundles of of spectrum auctioned off, uh, and I want the government to keep out of the way and not to pick winners. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'd like to see the networks actually deploy 
networks rather than spend all their money on Spectrum and then run out of money to deploy There has to be a use it or lose it clause. That's, that's essential. Well, I've, I've always said that. Uh, and then somebody pointed out to me quite rightly that um, if, if we had a use it or lose it clause with the 2100 megahertz Spectrum, which was the 3G stuff uh, that, that was auctioned off uh, in 2001, uh, we wouldn't have two degrees today because they would have lost it. Oh. Because they took... Very nearly ten years to get uh, to get uh, deployed to get the and off the ground. Bits and pieces. Yeah, together. yeah. It took yeah. them an awful yeah. lot longer, yeah. and I hadn't actually thought about that. But uh, in general, I, this I was tend quite to agree a different you. manner. Yeah, though, yeah, so that's yeah, that's right. You know, um, yeah. yeah. No, my concern is that the government will put fibre ahead of everything else to the detriment of uh, copper users. And let's face it, like Bill, I'm in the same boat. We're, we're all going to be copper users for a very long time to come. We'll be paying extra in order to prop up the fibre deployment. Uh, they're doing the fibre deployment in the in the richer suburbs, first of all, uh, which means that um, South Auckland uh, copper users are going to be subsidising rich uh, central Auckland fibre users in the short term in order to defend a government election promise uh, to give us all fibre. And it's, a, it's quite insane. There's another issue here, and that is, is that the UFB plan was drawn up what, about six years ago now. Mm, yeah. Six years ago, what was the fastest you could get? Mobile data at so, oh it was, yeah yeah minuscule yeah, yeah it was it was yeah, probably uh, yeah. but I, you know, seven, I think seven, everyone eight. knew where you know what sort of yeah. speeds were no were they, coming the, the, and so the, on. The, apparently apparently the um, the growth in the move towards LTE has happened faster than was anticipated at that time and it, ha- it actually has its court regulators and authorities worldwide out you know uh, by surprise about how fast it's developed and um, and, and that's there's an issue there is that we've got a system which is actually being designed for 2007 you know and i don't mean just the technology i mean the political regulatory regulatory yeah yeah yeah. so the government's called for a review of the regulations but predominantly it's its driver behind that was a move to protect chorus from uh, the commerce commission lowering the price of copper which chorus said would devastate the business and mean they couldn't roll out the fibre network. Well, you know, to my mind, I'm fairly old-fashioned about these things. If you've signed a contract to deliver, uh, you know, get on and deliver it. Stop whinging about the price. Well, there's um, another you know, thing. We're not going to reboot it. another thing that I don't think anyone's brought up in public is that that information was there when Chorus was sold. Oh, it, it was in the documents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any, so any investor mm. who put money into Chorus at that time yep. knew what was coming. That's right. The so Telco Act was created before Chorus was spun out from Telecom. Yeah. So as long as Chorus has been around, they have known that this move to a cost-based model was, was coming. And so there's no other been, way to do it. So that should have been priced in. It should have been. And that, it was. Yeah. It was. And, and for Chorus to turn around now is quite two-faced about the, about the whole thing. And I, I am unimpressed by it, to put it mildly, particularly if the government now rejigs the entire regulatory regime in order to protect Chorus's investment in fibre uh, by making us pay more for copper in the short term. Or LTE. And, and if they go after LTE as well, which is the next logical step, uh, then, you know, I think there'll be riots. Uh, you know, I'd certainly start That seems shouting. a little bit far-fetched well, for me, but I can... I it's can, a logical I, progression, though, I, isn't I, it? I can, yeah. I don't, I, I, you know, I I I don't see riots. Yeah. I don't see riots. What I see is something that's actually potentially worse, and that is the kind of mess you've got in Australia with mm. the NBN. That's which fine. has become highly politicised. Yeah, huge political football. And, and, there's, and there's actually a, um, it's almost an impasse. It's almost a mm. stalemate um, politically. And, and, and what cost? You know, 42 billion Australian dollars for a fibre network. Uh, here's 12 billion just to buy the copper back off Telstra. Yeah. Uh, you know these are these are outrageous numbers that they're playing with, and uh, and I think uh, I think we are probably putting in too little money into this this project. 
they're putting in far too much and it's it's become a mess. But that's the New nightmare. Zealand way. That's the Australian way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I just, I've just been having a look at the maps um, on Chorus's site because I know you were mentioning mm. about sort of, you know, South Time Auckland or, or areas that are maybe uh, not so wealthy, not having good coverage. I mean, if you actually if you look at the maps, there is fairly... You know, there's some fairly broad coverage out there already for mid this year, mid next year. In terms yeah, of oh, coverage. yeah, yeah. They, they are it's sort to of get scattered, there. scattered. Uh, I mean, scattered around. They've done a yeah. lot of uh, um, West Auckland in this current term and the, and the next. Uh, and, they, and they're and doing the, the shore, of, you know, they're up at the, the business. You know, parks. if we look at Auckland and we look at the other parts of the country, mm. I mean, I don't think it is limited purely to kind of, you know, the richer areas, although oh, you no, can no, understand no. from a. Uh, you know, from an uptake point of view, the the areas well, that, that are a little bit idea. more affluent yeah, let's are, go more after like, those are more areas. likely to and, and uh, spend a bit more in, to in have ultra-fast broadband. It's actually the reverse, because in Wellington, of course, Telstra Clears Network is the last area to get UFB, and that's actually... Because, because they're, off, they're yeah. already able to deliver yeah. pretty mm, high yeah. speeds. But what right? we're seeing is um, uh, Chorus, in effect, learning how to roll out a fibre network in some of the richest, most litigious parts of the country. Uh, particularly the leafy green suburbs of central Auckland, where uh, instead of just saying we'd like to dig up your footpath, if they came down my street and said we'd like to dig up your footpath, I think people wouldn't care less because mm. the footpaths are a jigsaw puzzle of, of death. Mm. Uh, mm. But they're going to some of the richest suburbs. Where every second uh, person's a yeah. lawyer. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> They've got the time and the money, and, and they're saying, hi, we'd like to run a fibre optic cable underneath your, um, your listed Pahutakawa tree. Uh, is that okay? And they say no. And there's a terrible ker- uh, kerfuffle about it I'm all. I'm sure some people actually be quite keen because they actually want to get rid of their pahutakawa Well, there is a wee bit of that uh, going on as well. They're looking for, for any excuse uh, for yes. it to die and yeah. fall over. Um, but, you know, that's probably another uh, <laughs> whole other show. But, uh, you know, we, we've got a situation where Chorus is saying it's costing uh, the company $3,500 per connection uh, to run the connection out to people's houses, and they were expecting it to cost about $1,500. Uh, $1,500 is too steep. $3,500 is not sustainable. And they're already $300 million in the toilet. So uh, the government's not going to give them any more money. I don't think the government should change the regulation to make sure that mm. we have to pay more. Because let's not forget, we're not only paying to deploy the thing, uh, we're now being asked to pay more for copper to ensure the deployment's going to work. And also, uh, we will have to actually pay for the actual service once it is rolled out anyway. Mm. We don't have the full um, story on copper yet, do we? We're no, no. That's, uh, so uh, the Commerce Commission has... Um, put out a draft determination which said we've got to reduce the price of wholesale by about uh, about half. Uh, they will hold a conference. They'll come out with the final ruling. Uh, Chorus has said it will ask for what's called a final pricing principle, which means the Commerce Commission basically has to go away and come back with an economic assessment of what the actual price will be. Hmm. That's a very lengthy process. takes a couple of years. We're talking about 2015. In between now and then, we've got an election and a new piece of legislation that will come through that says don't bother about doing any of that. Leave it, leave it as it is, um, presumably until such time as another government's elected because it's all too hard and we'll leave it for that. Mm. All right. Well, um, that's probably enough on 4G. Oops, we slipped into talking about ultra-fast broadband. Uh, <laughs> um, no, the, the last thing on the, uh, the, the 4G, I had a look today at um, – uh, now with with L- with LTE with four G LTE, there's uh, there are a couple of different standards there in terms are. of speeds, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so LTE the, the, and then LTE Advanced, but it doesn't end there either. There are no. revisions beyond mm, that. Mm. 
Yeah, so we're um, looking at uh, LTE Advanced coming out from and Telecom. And we've got this, is it Cat 3 and Cat 4? Have I got the term, terminologies That's right. Yeah, right? We're, yep. uh, so the iPhone 5 and, and affiliated devices we've got today are all Category 3. What I saw today was the Cat 4. There you go. P2 device. And that uh, is the killer. From Huawei. Mm. Uh, and this, I saw it running a speed test today at well over 100 megabits straight into the phone. Yep. Uh, so, um, so theoretical yeah. max on, on LTE Advanced Cat 4 is, uh, 150 megs down and about 100 up. Mm. And the, yeah. the other interesting thing that Telecom were talking about today while we're just chatting about speeds was um, 250 megabits uh, over Huawei's network and uh, in their trials with, with some you know pre-release equipment they were able to uh, get that and I think what they do is they, they, they make use of multiple frequencies at, at once. That's right. So yeah. um, that might not be practical for everyone. You'd have to be in a space that can actually get those. And your phone would um, get quite hot. And, yeah. and, and yeah, 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 your phone might catch on fire. Yeah, yeah. you'd um, be in a pretty lonely spot. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's the way it's all going. I, I, uh, Huawei took me up to see their facility up in, in Shenzhen uh, earlier in the year. Uh, 40,000 people working on this in this facility. It's, it's quite astonishing. You know, this is the R&D building. Well, it's the size of Waikato University. I mean, mm, it's insane. Phenomenal. So uh, they, they really are trying a lot of stuff out with this, and they're driving the standards for the new revisions. So we're starting to see things like beamforming, uh, so as you are in your high-speed bullet train passing across a cell site, as we're going to do a lot of in New Zealand. Travelling to Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to Hamilton in the car. Okay. Uh, the beam uh, from the cell site will lock onto you and follow you across the cell site so that you get good quality of service all the way across the cell site. And then if you that do something wrong, it turns into a, a laser and uh, blows you, you off the death. car. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it uh, sounds like something the Klingons would that's, come up with. That's an upgrade. <laughs> I think you have to pay yeah. more for that. But it's, it's stuff like this that um, Huawei is really doing to try and drive the whole LTE market, which is why they are uh, rolling out 70 or 80% of the world's LTE yeah. network. And we uh, won't get too too much further into talking about the, the selection because there's a lot of sort of technical stuff behind the scenes and a lot of debate going on within, I guess, within the, mm. the, 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 the telecommunications industry around, around that um, around that selection but but one thing that I did manage to um, uh, squeeze out of one of the telecom guys today uh, something we've had from uh, two degrees is uh, shared data plans and it sounds like telecom are going to in some form mm. uh, offer offer those uh, this year we, once yeah. they roll out uh, LTE so you know that will give us the opportunity if you want to have a SIM card in your phone and a SIM card in your laptop or maybe a SIM card in your uh, tablet your iPad etc uh, that yeah you you can be you know one yeah, block one of data you of buy data. that you share across a lot yeah, so I really hope that they they come up with some big data plans that's that, what we want uh, because that's why that. I've got a a Wi-Fi tablet it's why people buy Wi-Fi tablets because right. you can you can just slave it to your phone slave it to the, your phone yeah and and yep. the reason for that is not because it's the best way of doing things it's because it's one card mm, one SIM card. Mm, mm. So uh, yeah, so that's good to hear. Uh, now a few other little bits of uh, local and and uh, yeah local local news. Um, HP, we heard uh, a few days ago they made a ninety two million dollar loss in New Zealand in the yeah, last uh, okay. financial that's year. Gotta really? be, that's, that's, that's got to be that's got to be the shell old, game. No, that's got to be the old EDS company. Um, that's, a, that's a big figure though, isn't it? It can't be anything else because, well. 
How long ago did uh, did Hewlett Packard oh, acquire EDS? About two thousand seven. Yeah. So it's that long ago. So it's, it's, it's quite a number yeah. of years on now. And EDS, obviously, you know, big, big international company. IT services. But, but uh, my firm. understanding is that HP has got virtually none of those EDS contracts still. Mm. They've all um, gone. Yeah. They've all gone to Gen I or to yeah. some of the smaller players. Mm. And and the it was a, it was another one of those um, ridiculously bad decisions made by HP and the HP board. has made some appalling decisions in recent yeah. times. How many CEOs have they fired and how well, much money have they given them over the years to get rid of them? I've it's, given it's HP such a hard time over the last four or five, you know, seven years mm. or so because they've, they've made such awful decisions. But they're actually, I, the company is actually getting its act together, I think. Well, that would be good because yeah. they, they were always a powerhouse, weren't they? You had two two of the biggest companies, certainly when I was an IT journo, would be Hewlett-Packard and Toshiba, and both of them seemed to have vanished off the face of the earth in any uh, in any innovative sense. Well, you know, it's been more of the same. In, in HP's same. case, it's been completely appalling management at the top yeah, level. Yeah. Um, I mean, Heard was actually pretty pretty good, but he had. Um, personal a issues, few, a few issues, <laughs> yeah. a few emotional problems, and uh, yeah, we've yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, one one area where um, HP announced recently that they they were doing some innovation is in in the server um, space, and they just came out yesterday and announced these uh, new high density uh, servers, these mm. very small servers, rely on an atom uh, processor, yeah, but- and what it allows them to do is to um, basically. Squeeze in something between five and ten times the number of servers into a normal sort of space. So, which is good. This this, this may help them well, um, win back a bit of market share no, against it's not uh, going to. It's IBM not, and the like. <laughs> it's not going to because the IBMs, the HPs, the big the big um, iron companies, they're not getting the server farms. They're the the you know the Googles and the Facebooks and so on. They're building their own. They're rolling their own. They're going to China and they're buying um, um, commodity components. Well, yeah, that's Google's approach, isn't it? Is yeah. you buy whiteware gear off the shelf. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. They're just plug it in. Mm. And the and the the thing is, is that the bottom end of the market is is dropping servers altogether and moving to moving to uh, the cloud. cloud, moving to moving cloud, to the cloud. So so the part of the market where HP, you know, which which would be their sweet spot, probably is still a server market. But um, it's not the market it was mm. five years ago. No, no, it's uh, it's it's not in this in the same way. But they obviously believe there's opportunities there with uh, there are, with, there with are. releasing this. Um, now, one other story which is quite locally relevant is we had we had an announcement. We talked about it here on the podcast. Um, this is HP's new uh, Android tablet, which is coming out uh, locally. Yeah, and the price was pretty sharp. I think it was either two nineteen or two hundred and twenty nine dollars was That's the tremendous. was the price that we mm. were announced. Uh, in recent days, that seems to have rejigged itself, and it's now two hundred and ninety nine. So I don't know whether it was a typo that we originally saw, <laughs> uh, but the, the, I think the two two nine price seemed to line up reasonably well with the US mm. uh, price that we had seen, which I think was was around one five nine US. Okay, look, anyone um, who's what, what's watched, going on here? Anyone who's watched the Australian, and I have watched quite closely the Australian inquiry into yeah. price gouging. It's all about what the companies can get out of the market. It's not about, you know, these Parity. are our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about what can a Kiwi pay for this. That's not, right. Not, not what is... What, is what value the, are we putting right into price. it? So yeah, yeah. What do we get back from it? Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's become quite apparent. And I think HP are doing that. And to be fair, two twenty nine, two ninety nine. percentage-wise, it's quite a, big, quite a big leap. But you've only got to look at HP's... Um, 
92 million dollar loss it's not like they're ripping us off <laughs> stuff you know yeah well, no, i've just i've just right. yeah i've just found it was 229 was the original yeah. uh yeah starting price that was uh, was listed but the link that i looked at last night um, linked to a press release of the same date with two nine nine, so some, okay. somewhere along the line, oh, this, has got, up, this has got updated. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the US yeah. price and the New Zealand. No, price. it said NZD New Zealand dollars two hundred and twenty nine. Never trust a press release. Yeah, this is why so we the, chuck the, them in the bin. Anyway, yeah. fascinating stuff. Um, but that one's that one must be almost here. Um, and and still at two nine nine, but you know a, a, a it's very good sharp price. price. But, but yeah. not. And if the, you're a parent who's facing buying one for the kids for school. Uh, you know, that's a much more realistic price point than $1,000 for an iPad. Yeah, mm. you can mm. buy one a year at that price. Well, that's, you might have to, the way the kids <laughs> use them. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. the same price as a pair All of right. shoes these days. Um, right. Now, the last bit, of, uh, last bit of news we've got, new gadget coming through. This is, um, now we know, uh, you know, Nokia have been pushing reasonably hard, um, you know, into, uh, um, you know, trying to win back share in the smartphone space. Uh, but mostly with sort of higher end and higher mm. priced uh, smartphones. Well, uh, over the next week, we're going to see the Lumia 520 uh, launch here in New Zealand for $299. Uh, now, this is a smartphone with um, 8 gigs worth of storage and a 4-inch screen, which, um, well, it's about the same size it's screen a, as you've got on your, on your phone my, there, Paul. On my, on my shiny iPhone 5 and uh, trying to work out just how big that is. Yeah, I mean, uh, a much lower definition are, screen yeah, in, yeah. in the Lumia, but uh, that sort of price point really makes uh, you know makes a pretty good quality smartphone accessible right. to, a, to a much broader audience and, than, and, uh, and than, the other thing than what we had in the past. The other thing I've learned in the last um, month or so mm. is my, uh, my daughter, who's um, just graduated, she's 20, she's She's got a um, – she had a 720, my old 720, the, actually. Um, the the Lumia was actually a nice phone, and it was yeah, nice in yeah. your circle. It's no longer an iPhone market for those young people. It's You know, iPhone is still a, it's a, bit, it's still a bit of a brand cachet there, but it's not yeah, what it was. Yeah. But funnily enough, a Windows phone has a bit of a, a bit of sort of something special about it that some, you know, perhaps a lower-priced Android doesn't have, so – a two ninety nine Windows phone. It's actually important for for Microsoft. Well, mm. they need they need to keep winning market share, and we just we just heard some figures out uh, in the last few days. And I think you put some of these up on a on a blog post okay. you did, Bill. Um, that you know in the US they're uh, you know they're selling uh, something like uh, you know they're. Fifty percent more than what they were selling uh, twelve months ago. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for them, that you know the it's overall three, figures are still are yeah. still yeah. Uh, you know un, under under five percent. Gone from uh, one point nine to three you know, market yeah. share. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you know if they if they double that again, well uh, next year they'll be you know they'll be up to uh, you know maybe eight or nine percent or or something. Mm. So um, you know it, yeah. it's interesting to watch. They're working really really hard, uh, but um, you know it, it, it's. Um, Proving much harder for them coming from so far behind to yeah, uh, yeah. you know to win a market share against nothing. But the interesting one was BlackBerry, oh. uh, which seems to have just um, you know just hit the floor in yeah. terms of uh, well, in terms of sales, even with these yeah, new devices, yeah. even with the new ones, and they're selling quite well in certain markets. But BlackBerry was always a niche player that just seemed to accidentally acquire the consumer market because nobody else was there. Well, and it, it did a certain thing that was yeah, needed yeah. and um, it filled a niche and that's the weird thing is because I reckon if they had the QWERTY phones mm. they, they might still find a market <laughs> yeah, they might just be, <laughs> find yeah, yeah people with short arms who yeah. need to who need to type out what I have discovered is that uh, Blackberry has bought 
uh, a, um, a, a a software company that makes the uh, the brains behind a lot of embedded systems. And if you think about the rise of the uh, the Internet of Things rather than people, yeah. uh, maybe BlackBerry can reinvent itself in that market and really uh, continue to thrive, not as a smartphone maker, but as uh, the the uh, the brains behind my car talking to the internet, or my house, or my air conditioning, or my fridge, or the truck that uh, my company uses, or or one of these embedded systems. Maybe that's the way out for Blackberry. Well, I ho- well I hope they stick around because I mean there's certainly been mm. some innovation there, especially you know of late with uh, you know the the uh, BlackBerry 10 you know, operating system and yeah. well, uh, you know some some of their newest things. I mean we're still waiting to uh, to. To get a uh, a review handset to play with, and obviously they haven't hit the market here yet, but uh, we will do uh, in in due course. But you know we're hearing reasonably good things mm. about the. Well, work I was going to say earlier this year they they announced they've made a profit. Now I was just, I looked at that and I thought, oh cracky, if their accountants are that creative, they should get them designing phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps us up for this week. So uh, thank you guys for uh, for joining us. Now, where do we find you online, Paul? Uh, I am at twoands.org.nz, or more probably you find me on Twitter at Paul Brislin. Excellent. And Bill? You find me at billbennett.co.nz. Um, that's my website, and uh, on Twitter as billbennettnz. billbennettnz. Good. And I'm just as easy to find as uh, as both of you at Paul Spain on uh, on Twitter, uh, and techjungle.com is sort of my main uh, my main blog there uh, in conjunction with Geekzone. Uh, and of course, you can find NZ Tech Podcast online at nztechpodcast.com and we're on Facebook and Google and, and, and Twitter. Um, we do appreciate uh, everyone's support and sort of following us in those in those spaces. It does uh, um, help us to be able to uh, you know keep you up to date with all the latest things, uh, having you guys following us because those are numbers that we point back to the uh, the various uh, vendors and so on. So um, if you're not following us, then uh, yeah, we would appreciate that. And, of course, there's the survey. Uh, if you jump online um, to nztechpodcast.com slash survey and, uh, and fill that out, if you haven't done already, we would appreciate it. And um, somebody will, uh, will, will be getting a phone or, or two uh, next week when we, uh, when we draw out the names of those that have entered. I take it we're not eligible. Sorry, Bill. You're off, you're off the it. list. Have another chocolate biscuit. <laughs> All right. See you later. <laughs>